Welcome to another episode of Animation Nights New York Animator Interviews. My name is Nicole Papadopoulos. For those new to Animation Nights New York, also known as Annie, we are a monthly screening event and yearly festival that celebrates the very best in animation talent. Our artists come from all across the globe, and many have gone on to have their work featured at Anansi, Cannes, and other prominent festivals. Our next screening is scheduled for Sunday, April 24th. Films will be available from 11 a.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern Time. Feel free to visit the web-based virtual reality space by signing up at annie.media and clicking the login page. No headset is required to explore and use the VR space, and it's available on PC, Mac, and mobile devices. I'm excited to introduce our guest today, Rachel Fitzgerald. Rachel is an animator and filmmaker from Ireland. Her work explores storytelling through complex narratives with hand-drawn animation. Her undergraduate film, Bubbles, received international recognition on its release in 2019, and Rachel was awarded the title Best Emerging Irish Female Director. She is now completing her master's MA in animation at the Royal College of Art in London. Rachel Fitzgerald's film, Bubbles, is one of the 13 shorts we are screening at Annie this month. Bubbles was produced at the National Film School in Dublin. It's a story of a puppet who grows tormented at the hands of her manipulator. The once obedient puppet who happily danced at her puppeteer's demands is now distracted by one of his bad habits, the deliberate cracking of his knuckles. This disruptive sound agitates her and we observe as her anger takes over. Today, this incredibly talented filmmaker and animator has kindly agreed to discuss her work and the story behind Bubbles. Thank you so much for being with me here today, Rachel. I'd love to hear how you were drawn into the animation world. Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> um, so I guess I always loved drawing when I was younger and naturally I was just like, oh, I want to be an artist. It was when I became like at the point where I was like, what will I study? It wasn't super obvious because even though I watched so much animation as a child, I kind of stopped like as a teenager. Interesting. And then I was more interested in fine art. So I thought, oh, I might go to art college and maybe do some fine art graphic design. And at the time I was also looking at film, like film school and just film live action. Yeah. And then I was kind of between the two and it was, yeah, it was like a light bulb moment. I was like, animation is like the perfect in between. Exactly. Combination of the so, two. Yeah. Yeah. And it is. And then once I eventually went, went uh, to study and I did my undergrad in IADT, which is the National Film School in Dublin. That was like when I was fully immersed into, yeah, the whole animation scene, particularly the animation scene in Ireland, which I had been. So I feel like I went to study animation with almost no awareness of like what I was getting <laughs> into, but also loved it all. And really was like, oh, I made I made a great decision to study this and I'm still studying it and happy. <laughs> That's awesome. So it was the right decision. That's so great to hear. Yeah. So I know while you were at school, this is the film that you made while you were in Ireland. Yeah. What drew you to the project? How did the project come to be? Yeah. So it was my graduation film and stakes were high. You know, you're entering like that final year and you know you have to make film. And I just went through a lot of creative block those few months. I was terrified. I didn't have that, the idea for Bubbles. It wasn't in a notebook. 
it wasn't anywhere I was just trying to piece together I just wanted to make a film and I was like what am I going to make so in the months before it, I just started to pay attention to everything I was interested at that time so I was writing my final thesis dissertation on voiceover and interesting that's cool that your dissertation was on voiceover we'll we'll circle back to that (laughs) yeah so I was super interested in the film noir era in terms of voiceover and 1970s voiceover and its use as contemporary because it was kind of shunned by the film industry in a way it wasn't seen as the best way to narrate um so I was interested in voiceover and then aesthetically I was at the time really drawn to quite minimalistic just line drawings and I remember I did a sketch of this person on a swing and there was these vertical lines and then I was like oh it could be a puppet so I was like a voiceover a puppet she will be the main character what's she gonna be like so then it was from that point the idea of a puppet was just kind of interesting to me anyway and yeah, I was like, that could be quite universal, you know, it could be a good metaphor for things. And then developing it from there, <laughs> I remember listening to a song from the musical Chicago, the Cell Block Tango, yes. you know, with those, yeah, very femme fatale. He had it coming. He had it coming, <laughs> yeah. The six murder mistresses of the Cook County Jail. <laughs> and, um, and one of them killed her husband because he was chewing his gun too loudly. And I was like, I love this type of character, this kind of cold, really conniving, strong female character. Wouldn't it be interesting, a dynamic between this and the puppeteer? So it kind of organically grew in a very literal way where I was very much, this is a puppet, this is a puppeteer. But everyone is like, there's a greater meaning behind this film, you use it as a metaphor. I can completely see why, but it came from a very literal way. But you did have the undercurrent from Chicago because the person does break free from the, I guess, oppression of that man that he had it come in kind of thing. So there is that underneath it undercurrent, which I think is fantastic. And that's really interesting with the voiceover too. I can see what you're talking about. Yeah. Where it's like those monologues that those women did. Yeah. I never watched the whole musical though. That's the thing. I just heard that song. <laughs> Isn't that wild? <laughs> Yeah, so I have no idea what the context of that song actually meant. Really? But obviously, I mean, it's like a standalone piece, that song, isn't it? Like Cell Block Tango. And that character was similar to the typical femme fatale character that you see in film noir. This female who kind of is maybe a victim at the beginning and then leads to this grand demise, like revenge, quite cold. And yeah, yeah, I was really interested in just a powerful female lead Maybe it was my version of a feminist film back <laughs> four years ago. <laughs> I might I not make it the same successful. way now. <laughs> yeah, no, I thought it was fantastic. I really liked it. So, I mean, this might have already answered itself, but what do you want audiences to take away from the film? Because it's an interesting background to the film. Yeah, I think, I don't think there is a clear message, but I do like... I do, I, I'm kind of drawn to work that's more implicit, you know, as, a, as an audience member watching stuff. I don't like when things are too here, here it is, take this away. I do also think that bubbles can be quite explicit on a few themes though, but that wasn't my intention when I made, when I made it. So people have said, oh, you know, it's representative of maybe a domestic abuse story, a bad relationship, which, yeah. And also I've got other theories as well but I think the main thing for me is just if you can 
attach in some way to the main character and if she can kind of evoke something within you as an audience that would be great and hopefully you could take your own meaning from it yeah I thought it was really powerful like you said how the minimalisticness of it um meaning the illustration there was so much in it even though it wasn't saturated with color or anything like that was that intentional was that experimental how did that come about yeah I think that was more a choice where I was like this is going to be my grad film and you know you're quite limited you have a limited amount of time a limited amount of help and I was just like realistically I can't do everything so maybe if I had time and a huge budget I would have been able to make backgrounds but I was like I need to just do a few things well so excluding backgrounds from the film was just a choice. So I need to finish it in the time. And if I don't have time to do backgrounds and getting the hand painted textures was really important to me. So I needed more time at the end to do all of that. Which is so interesting because I thought it was very impactful. Oh, it actually good. added to it. <laughs> yeah, because it, again, it's up to the audience to decide, you know, what they want to contextually, what they want to place this puppet in. So I thought that was yeah. really cool. So what would you say, and I know it was a thesis project, so maybe it was just, you were just happy to have it done, but what were you most proud of with this project? Yeah, happy to have it done was like the main one. I don't know, yeah, because, you know, it's hard to watch it for a while after you make it. You can't watch it and be like, I love it, I'm so happy with it because I'm looking at every scene being like, I want to retouch this or I could do this differently. But now with quite a lot of perspective, I think I'm just proud as it because it's the first film I made and it turned out I'm happy with it now. And the recognition from it gave me a lot of confidence to keep going. So I think that was it really. Oh, wow. Really? I mean, the fact that you received the Best Female Irish Filmmaker Award, how was that for you? Was it kind of out of the blue? How did that all happen for you? Yeah, I left the festival <laughs> before the awards. Shut up. <laughs> no. And I like, I like went back home because I was like, I'm not, I don't need to be there for the awards. And then because it's a live action festival as well as animation. Yeah. Um, it's a great festival in the south of Ireland. So I left and then I get a phone call from the guy being like, can you come back? So I was like, okay. <laughs> but my mom drove me two hours back. But overall on a bigger scale yeah it meant an awful lot you know getting that award and also just to be able to call yourself I don't think I could call myself a female director until I got that award which is also a bit you know you should be able to I remember Greta Gerwig said something in an interview in a podcast I listened to where she was like it took a lot to call myself a director or a filmmaker because I'm always like I'm an animator but you know it's a lot more than animation when you're making films so for that reason it was quite big yeah And especially, I think females too have a hard time owning what they are as well to say, no, you are a female director and you're an animator as well, right? Yeah. You're both, which is pretty incredible that you're able to do both. Oh, thank you. And what would you say the best moment during the making of this film was for you? I think once we had the voice actors narration recorded and it was put into the animatic that just completely, you know, was like a whole breath of life into it. And I'm like, oh, now it feels like halfway done because now my puppet has a voice. That was amazing. 
So me personally, I adore the voiceover in your film. I think it's absolutely fantastic. Tell us how you came to work with this particular actor for the narrator and how directing the voiceover actor, how that process was. Yeah, so the voice actor is Ashley O'Mara. She's a she's based in Dublin. She was based in Dublin back then. And I think I think I went to see one of her plays and I was just like, oh, she would be great. And um, so I just reached out to her and luckily enough, she came in and <laughs> recorded it and it was very natural. She just really made it her own. I think the first take we did, I had imagined this character having a really harsh voice because it was this strong, big, harsh character, this toughness. And I, I said to her, can you put on this kind of tough voice? And she did. And I was like, oh, that's not it at all. And then she did her own voice um, and just kind of added a softness. You know, at times the voice goes into a whisper. The second that she started speaking, I was like, that's it. You know, that's exactly what it is. That's awesome. And so what are you working on now? What projects are, are coming up for you in the pipeline? So I'm finishing my master's <laughs> as we speak in a couple of weeks. Oh my gosh, um, good luck. This is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, yeah, I'm, I've done my, I've been doing my MA at the Royal College of Art in London for the last two years. So, so it's just been a huge output of work really and learning over the last two years. So I had the two major things though, was I made a film in first year called The Cost of Curiosity. That's now kind of going around in festivals and being selected for a few and congratulations that's exciting yeah just premiered last weekend in Cardiff Animation Festival which was really nice Whoa. and then now I'm finishing my my Emmy graduation film which is the hardest thing I've ever done I think this film but I'm excited I'm excited to finish it it's a more psychological thriller around paranoia interesting it's very different to yeah, the, the first two to Bubbles, I think. So can you tell us a little bit about the film that's out now and then possibly a sneak yeah. peek of your of the film that's coming up? I understand if you if you're not able to tell us yet, I get it. <laughs> the Ghost Curiosity, yeah, it's it was like a it was a process-led film. It was done on cell, cell and paint and gouache and scanned everything in. Wow. Yeah, so that way I was like, I want to try my hand at this but do it on a budget because I obviously couldn't afford to do sell. So that was a huge learning curve of how to make that accessible. And that was one of the kind of nice outcomes of that project was learning how to make a process like sell a bit more accessible. But yeah, it's about a child's pursuit of answers, basically at the cost of insects. So it's like a child really testing insects and pushing their boundaries, being like, what can they handle? So it's quite a cruel black comedy. <laughs> I love it. It's a black comedy. There's comedy yeah. in there too. It's fantastic. It is. Yeah, it is. I, I hope it's funny. I mean, it's gotten a few laughs at the screenings I've been to. I hope it continues. Good. Yeah. It's so I bet it's really nerve wracking when you're in the theater with the audience, you know, viewing your film for the first time, because oh, whatever their reactions are, it's done. There's nothing you can do about that now. Yeah, because with Bubbles, because that's quite a serious film you expect silence, you know, you don't expect anything. And I think it was the first screening of The Cost of Curiosity where I was like, this is supposed to be funny. And oh my God, I just had that realization when I was sitting and most everyone, but there were laughs, so it was fine. But Good. I was quite oh, nervous. Thank goodness, hey. <laughs> <laughs> and are you able to give us a little sneak peek about the film that is coming up right now that you're gonna be finishing in the next couple of weeks? Yeah. 
It's about a guy who works at a petrol station and he works the night shift and he hates it. And it's about his, his experience with paranoia while, while he's working on the night shift. And it takes place over a couple of hours. All my, all my references were very live action. It's quite different to Bubbles and to the last one. They're all kind of worlds apart. It feels weird. They're very, they come from very different places. They're all made very differently. But this is kind of the largest scale project with backgrounds, with a script that went through lots of different iterations, character designs that went through so many iterations. It was a quite an intense development and production, which I'm kind of nearly finished. <laughs> oh, that's so exciting. Wow. I mean, you're incredibly versatile, obviously, if you're able to do all these different things. <laughs> Or commitment issues. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's yeah. fantastic. So where do you see yourself in the future? This is your final couple of weeks at art school. Where do you see yourself in the future? Do you have any dream gigs or projects that you've thought about? I, I'm really open. I don't have any really dream gigs. My dream would be just to be able to keep making work that interests me for good People are good causes rather than, you know, that kind of commercial side. But something I'd like to do, I'd love to do like a music video maybe soon. Oh, neat. That would be really cool. I haven't done one of those. Also, like the dream would be to actually find a balance with life and animation. It's quite consuming and it's obviously so, it's such um, a big undertaking, every project. So I think I haven't found that yet, but I want to find that balance. <laughs> Yeah, I think every artist struggles with that because it's your, you're your own business, number one. So running your own business is all consuming, but also you really love what you do too. Yeah. So you want to do it all the time. It's hard, I think. Yeah, it's hard to separate it. That would be the dream to get a, a nice, yeah. healthy balance with hobbies. And also make yeah. it like. Hobbies, what are those exactly? <laughs> Now, music video, any particular band or style of music that you prefer or you're open to anything? I'd be really, I'd be quite open. If I had to say like my dream band, it would be like ABBA. I hear they've come back with a new album. So you never oh, I love that. That's fantastic. Okay, ABBA, if you're out there, if you're listening to this, yeah. we have a fantastic animator that you should work with. Yes, ABBA, please. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for being with me here today. I really appreciate you taking the time. You're incredibly talented. I'm excited to watch the next film that comes out for you. Thank you so much. That means a lot. It was so nice speaking with you. It's been great talking to you. Thanks so much. For all those tuning in, if you'd like to watch Bubbles, it's going to be a part of Annie's screening event on Sunday, April 24th. It'll be available from 11 a.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern time. You've got only one day to watch the screening event, so be sure to stay tuned. Also, check out the special VR room that'll be featuring Rachel Fitzgerald's work in Annie's VR space. <laughs>